0: Hey gang, welcome to episode 60 of the No Persinium podcast, your guide to immersive entertainment. I'm your host, Noah Nelson, coming to you from Los Angeles. This week on the show, we've got John Rosenberg of Hella Fresh Theater in Culver City. It's been a couple other places. We'll get to that in a bit. Um, But first, uh, we're going to do the usual. We're going to hit up some news and some notes. Mostly news this time. Save the notes for for later. Um, Hey... uh, Let's start here in Los Angeles. First off, uh, tickets are on sale for the Super Mysterious Tension Experience. Uh, there, they've got uh, they've got their their full ride is going on uh, starting, I believe, the end of September. Uh, so you want to check that out. They've switched out of the mode where it's like the alternate reality game, and now the actual event. Is going to be occurring. Uh, hopefully, we'll have some more on attention on the show at a later date. But right now, uh, early adopters can jump in and uh, go check out what they've got going on. Uh, our friends at Screenshot have both Bardo Thotel and The Rope on sale currently. I've mentioned that on the show before. Uh, there's uh, uh, Heidi Duckler Dance Theater has got a performance on Thursday, August 25th. Uh, It's their Fish Eyes piece, which they uh, just did last week at uh, Grand Performances in downtown L.A. This time it's going to be at Tree People in Beverly Hills, and there's going to be a panel Uh, from the Tree People Folk about uh, the impact arts can have on raising awareness of drought, water conservation, and other issues related to climate volatility. Uh, So uh, a three-person panel, and that's happening August 25th. Go check out uh, Heidi Duckler Dance Theater's website to find out the times there. Um, Delusions got tickets on sale. So uh, that's, that's the big ones coming back. They're going to be starting up, I think, uh, early October is when Delusion's happening. I, I know the press date uh, for that. I'm actually, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to get to go. I'm excited about that. And like I mentioned last week, uh, IndieCade is coming up. Let's jump up into San Francisco for a moment. Uh, we Players Romeo and Juliet is uh, running right now. I'm going to go see it towards uh, a little towards later in the run, uh, in the middle of September. So if you're going to be up Petaluma Way around, I think, September 17th, I think it is. Well, I should be careful about this stuff. I mean, someone, someone out there might decide to be a stalker. I ah, no. Why would any of you? Look, you just twitter me and i'll talk to you right it's it's that simple that's how half the people on the show some version of that either them to me or me to them um also san francisco just announced uh the city of san francisco itself yes exactly the city of san francisco itself announced no uh over announced that in in san francisco is going to be come out and play sf uh september 25th through october 8th it's the free annual festival um, and, uh, expanded to include ticketed interactive performances in and around uh, the chapel at Fort Mason Center for Arts and Culture from September 10th through November 20th. So, um, there's more to check out. In fact, I may get a chance to check some of that out because those dates uh, coincide with some of the dates that I'm going to be around. So here's the, the slug here from virtual reality, generative poetry, and multiplayer projections to immersive theater, room escape games, and live action role-playing. Come out and play SF festival and program harness the ingenuity of game designers, theater directors, and interactive artists to engage Bay Area communities in creative play and to transcend preconceptions about human interaction and public space. There you go. Come out and play. Like, literally, come out and play. Uh, and maybe I'll see you there if the timing works out right. Uh, Want to thank our latest Patreon backer, Corinne Brenner. Thank you so much for jumping on board the podcast. And yes, we're back in the mode where we're really shilling. You know, this, this, maybe the sponsorship thing isn't happening right now, so maybe uh, maybe the Patreon. See? See? Glad none of you bailed. Um, maybe you'll bail after this episode. Uh, but <laughs> glad... <laughs> Glad none of you failed. Um, we'll get to the episode in a, in a second here. Uh, two more notes. I guess there are notes. There are notes. They're programming notes. So um, a few weeks back, a couple of months back, um, we accidentally put because I was busy, we accidentally put one of the newsletters out on a Saturday, and lo and behold, more people opened it. Like the percentage went woo through the roof. So. We're going to try that out with L.A. and New York this week. We're going to put the newsletters out uh, on Saturday. This is Friday when you're getting the podcast. So if you're listening to this on Friday, Chris Porter, uh, then you're <laughs> – which explains the thing at the end. Someone was like, what was up with that? <laughs> funny thing is Chris may not have heard it. If you don't know what I'm talking about, don't worry. It's okay. It's okay. Okay. Um, the uh, the newsletter will come out tomorrow. If you're listening to this on the day the podcast comes out, that's what I'm trying to say in my roundabout way. No, I have not had coffee yet. Um, it's always dangerous when I do the show without coffee. So yeah, um, that'll be great. Hopefully, more people open it. I'm just worried that people who regularly open it on like Wednesday or Thursday like won't open it on Saturday, and then we just like trade one group for another or something weird like that. So it's an experiment, we're trying it out, see how it goes, doesn't go well, we'll go back to normal, if it does go well, this is the new normal. That's how experiments work, right? Something like that. I'm no scientist, how am I supposed to know these things? Um, okay, this episode, John Rosenberg, HelloFresh Theater. What is HelloFresh Theater? HelloFresh Theater is, uh, it's a theater in John Rosenberg's apartment. That's what it is right now. It's been other things. Um, it's it's existed in three forms. It has existed in San Francisco. It's existed in Philly. And now it exists in Culver City. Um, John writes plays for his actors and puts them on in, uh, these days, in the apartment. Uh, it's super intimate drawing room theater. It is strange. It is elliptical. Um it's, it, it intrigues and fascinates me. Um, it's a little outside the, the box in terms of our, our discussion about immersive. There's, It's not immersive, but it's definitely a different form. You can't perform this stuff the same way you would a regular black box show. It's a little bit more like you're working the film acting thing. It's a little bit more like you are working a site-specific type of performance which is one of the reasons why I'm I'm monitoring Hellafresh. Um this episode is weird. I'm just going to just billboard it that way. Um this feels like a dorm room conversation in the best way. Um I like dorm room conversations. So that's not a knock coming from me. Um you learn a lot about me in this episode. So if you've been curious, like beyond like my interest, I'm, cause I'm not talking about like my philosophy on immersive theater. I mean, I'm talking about my history as a theater person, uh, which is not what I was expecting at all. But I don't think, I don't think you get to have a conversation with John Rosenberg and have it be what you expected. And you'll see, you'll see. Um, again, th- I'm, I liked this conversation. This is a great conversation. It was a weird conversation, um, and yet not weird. I don't know. We're, I guess it's a couple of dudes from the Bay Area who are from Gen X, uh, and maybe I just missed that kind of strange dynamic. And if you never were a dude from the Bay Area and a member of Gen X, well, you're about to know exactly what that feels like. Uh, let's do this thing. But before we actually get into it, uh, a couple of quick notes about this tape. One, uh, yeah, we curse. Uh, It's a a loose after dark kind of vibe. So if you listen with kids around, not this time. Uh, And two, uh, we record it at the kitchen table and kind of get up and move around a little bit. So it's going to have a slightly looser feel than normal. So just uh, want your ears to be prepared for that. And then where would I want to start it? Actually, so we're, okay. So a second ago, before we started the tape, uh, John and I were talking about performing, and this is actually, I kind of. Well, let's 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 do what I should do, which is w- explain to folks because uh, I'll skip doing this in the cold open. Explain to folks what Hell of Fresh Theater is, um, as it stands now. I'll get into the history oh, yeah. too because that's those are my questions. But like its current incarnation,
1: I think the current incarnation. Um... We're sitting in Hella Fresh Theater, which is uh, me and my wife's apartment, um, and it's literally right now, it's just like uh, I find actors that are interested in doing a play, and uh, I write a play kind of based off of them, and then we put it up, and that's really, that's about it, like, uh, yeah, I guess it could sound better, but yeah, that's basically what it is. Yeah. It's just really... Just actors that want to work and putting up shit.
0: You've been doing some form of this for a while. This is not the first incarnation of of Hellafresh.
1: No, um, I was in. I started in San Francisco, um, and that uh, that was like renting a theater, renting like a black box. I don't know. I, we talked about this before. I don't know if you know the Phoenix Theater. Yeah, it's like Mason and Geary. It's right yeah. by like the Jack in the Box. It's like on the. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like on the yeah. sixth floor of the Native Sons building. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah.
0: yeah I, I I haven't I haven't been in the Phoenix like there's so Why many. Why would
1: you? <laughs>
0: well, because I've been inside the exit, and then there was uh, there Do was you the, ever go to the climate
1: theater. Oh, I must have been to the climate theater, there's like at some Folsom point. and Ninth.
0: So, yeah, I've been. In, I mean, I was in the Bay Area for so long, right, and yeah. like I performed during the Bay Area Fringe. I performed in. Um, uh there's the Episcopal church that's like way on California. Might be on California. It's up on the hill. Yeah. 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 And California. so it's got a it's got a basement space and they had a theater in there so I performed in I performed in there. I don't uh-huh. usually talk about my performing years on the show. It's like it's uh, it's sort of funny. But yeah, I did a show in there and then uh, there was uh oh the the worst show I was ever in. Sadly the last show I was ever in was <laughs> something that was performed on our toes main stage, but it was a rental Right, so like, wait, like, what's
1: Artoz? Oh,
0: oh, Theater Arto. Theater Arto is, um, you know, I don't even know if it's still there, but it's not far from where KQED is down in the Mission. Um, okay, deep, deep down in the Mission, uh, God, what street is that? But it was a big, relatively big complex, and it had it had uh, a main stage. A a smaller space where I was in a production of Lear right out of college, um, a uh, the big space where I was in the world's worst production of Richard the Third, which is the last thing I ever performed in, which is why I really need to perform in something again. So if I die one day suddenly, I won't say like, oh well. At least I was. And the sad thing was, it was a good director, right? So it was a, but it was someone's vanity project, which which that's a whole story. Who would
1: you play in Richard the Third?
0: I was. No, nope. uh, what was I it? I wish one I knew of, any of
1: the characters I've never you seen. You know, there.
0: it was minor stuff. After I got killed off in the first half, I came back to play <laughs> the mayor of London, I believe, and then, but in the first half, I was one of the two brothers who gets who gets offed, like the like uh, in the in the other house. So like in in, uh, I you know it's been it's been did long you have enough. Have a British accent? No, no, I didn't try to do a British accent. So, it
1: was just like straight up American, or yeah,
0: that. it was like it was like the, the production concept was like super abstract because uh, that's where the, where the director was in those days. And but the the problem was is it was a vanity project, like which I found out during the first rehearsal. Here's what usually happens. Here's here I, is the way I would usually become um, a performer is that somebody drops out, <laughs> and then they got to find someone reliable. And every theater person I know knows that I'm reliable. So, and this is true from like <laughs> high school on. Like one of the teachers dropped out. Suddenly I'm in West Side Story. Right? Who's in West
1: Side Story? Gladhand. Who's Gladhand?
0: Gladhand's the I believe John Aston played him in the movie. He's just like Which the, the oh the, the guy who played uh, uh, Gomez. Uh, no, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, don't worry about it. So I think he played in the movie. it's just it's just he's one in of the thing. movie. He's in the he's movie like. though. He's just one of the. He's just the guy at the at the. Um,
1: Wait, you didn't play Puerto Rican? Right?
0: No, 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 no. <laughs> no. Um, it was, it was what? How did how do they handle it? It's like we did we, yeah. It was sad. It was like there was the it was El Cerrito, so the, there was some diversity. Oh, that's right. You meant to, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's some diversity in the cast, yeah, yeah. but like not El not enough. like yeah yeah yeah. But like it was still. I think it was. I think I think there were more. Actually, I think that the. Ironically enough, I believe the sharks were all white, and the jets were multicultural. Is like just how we wound up dealing with it. I can't remember. That's nice. That. I like that. Though. It's been a long time.
1: That's nice that like yeah, that the jets weren't like had, yeah, like, black dudes and like Latino dudes because that'd be weird.
0: Or, or mean the sharks or not? Wait, which one? Because the white? sharks, the sharks, the sharks were the the sharks were uh, Marias. Uh, okay and Tony and all of them right, right. like their their side so they were the Puerto Ricans right. Right. so and then the uh but the jets were like usually like the white boys right but it, they just I mean it's it it was the thing when you know you you brought the 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 so this is supposed to be about your theater company we're talking about like no one knows this, is, this is, high school theater this is, this is way more interesting man. <laughs> no 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 yeah well the audit luckily can you sing? Uh, um, not musical theater singing. No, no, that was a fun part. It wasn't a, uh, it was a non-singing part.
1: But you sang, like, Officer crufty right?
0: No, 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 It was, like, Gladhand is the, um, he's just, he's just, like, the, the maintenance guy or something like that. It's just, like, it's <laughs> like, calm down, kids, or whatever. One of the kids, no. It's like, he hum- works in, like, the candy shop. Yeah, or something like that. I can't remember. I do. One of the coaches plays offer, played Officer Krumpke.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Uh No, the candy shop guy was played by Bill Waller, who was one of the math teachers. Okay. It was a. Yeah. Was he good? Um, it was. It was interesting. We would, you know, Roger, rest his soul. Uh, my theater, high school theater teacher died uh, a few years back. Uh, he Who was, was his last name? Anderson. For sure. Oh. Huh. Yeah. Roger was. Um, He was really good about deploying adults in his shows to, like, give them a nice balance. Yeah. Right? And a lot of my obsession with verisimilitude was probably instilled into me by that man. Right? You know, like, he did West Side Story, and all the adults were cast as adults, save for me, who was, like, thrown in at the last minute. When he did the Scottish play, he had one of the, the parents play Duncan. Right? That's cool, and then he would he would de- deploy things like that, you know. Yeah. Um, and it it let the it let the younger folk kind of really like own sort of like the the not as old type the characters. parts they should play. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's cool, yeah. right?
1: Because it's hard to see like kids playing grown ups.
0: It's it's it can be really really hard, and it sort of freed us up. But that that didn't stop us from doing. We did we did Tartuffe my senior year. You know, like it never it never stopped for doing anything, but that was the other thing. He's like he put us through the paces of some pretty serious shit when we were like 16, 17 years old, right? Yeah, you know. He also kind of hated doing musicals, and he did them under duress. And after two years, stopped doing musicals because he got enough power to like keep the musicals from happening.
1: Yeah, they're weird. Musicals are weird. Yeah,
0: it was sad because like it, it 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 instilled in me a, a, a distaste for them, and. I've since grown out of that. It's like, good. Yeah,
1: it's a good I, d- thing.
0: I don't. I don't despise them anymore, but they were never my first love. Yeah. And I didn't know that I could sing until like after college. So.
1: So do you know anything from Brigadoon?
0: No, which I gave me sing on the podcast. That's not. How <laughs> but I, I barely know any musicals. Right. Like I know like a few. The only musical I knew reliably was Into the Woods because right. it played it's on CBS. Like, oh really? Yeah.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Into like yeah,
0: the Woods is good. Into the Woods is great. Yeah. yeah. Yeah No it's, it's, it's a really great show It's why I, was the dis- I found the movie A little disappointing
1: so, Oh that movie sucks. Yeah It
0: was terrible so This all started Because we were talking about San Francisco uh, And theaters there So you, you were At the Phoenix You were doing Yeah
1: Yeah, yeah. I, yeah I started I remember we talked about this uh, A few months ago Because I was in You were in the World's worst production Of Richard III I was in the World's worst production Of Hamlet Oh my goodness In Berkeley Oof Yeah it was terrible It yeah. was fucking terrible um but like in the cast I met a couple dudes, you know, like young guys who were just like oh I love theater and stuff. So it's kind of like um yeah, so like they were interested in like doing new work and all this shit. So like uh yeah, it kind of started like that.
0: So it was the same formula there like you're like, oh, they want to do a play? I'll write a play for these guys. Or was it It was else? it
1: was kind of it was more like I had never like written a play before, mm-hmm. but like I wanted I wanted to do something. I don't know what. Like um because I started dating, uh, who's now my wife, and, like, I was terrified of just being, like, a dude. I was like, I have to, like, show off to her. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I was, you know, I yeah. was like, I remember, like, because. You were uh, like,
0: I got to have something productive going on so I don't seem like I just right. hang around the house all day.
1: Yeah, Because yeah. right.
0: otherwise I will just hang around the house all day.
1: Right, I had to be like, oh, I, you know, damn, girl, I'm busy, I have rehearsal, you know. Like, oh, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but, but,
0: but, but really do it. Cause, cause, there is, cause there's what I like to call the asshole path, where you say you're busy and then you're not, right? Yeah, like, that's weird. Yeah, that's weird. But I think I think there's an entire class of guys who do that.
1: Oh yeah, no, I mean, yeah. I, I totally did that when I was younger. But like, I think the <laughs> the only thing though about like the whole damn girl I'm busy with the rehearsal. Is like you know, then they get excited to see whatever you're working on, right? And I mean, what it was is so fucking bad. It was really bad. It was terrible. It yeah. was so fucking bad. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I met I, like I, some I, cool people. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I was I was embarrassed by that Richard III. Like I, I remember, remember having the conversations, like telling people like don't you don't have to come. Like, really? you, like you yeah, have, it's I, hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: it's embarrassing when like someone finds out you're in something. You're like God damn it.
0: Yeah. I remember we did one
1: show. And it was like, it started with, I don't know, like eight people in the audience and they slowly like, oh. started leaving you know what I mean? <laughs> and we were so excited. Cause I think like at the final, uh, uh, what do you call it? I always call them, uh, Oh, intermission stuff. Yeah. There was one fucking person left and we were like, please leave. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we were hoping you'd leave so we didn't have to do the rest of it. But he was like there to support a friend who was in the play. Oh. <laughs> so. And this is before the days of
0: texting, where you could just like at intermission be like, "Oh, please, just yeah, leave. Man. We don't want to do yeah, this yeah. anymore." We had that moment. We had a moment uh, with Richard where, where because because one of the guys was Equity, and Equity has a rule about like you know you yeah can't at the time at least at the state at the level we were at. Yeah. there's like. A formula of like there must there must you know if there's less than X number of people per equity member, y- the equity members could vote and say like I don't want to do the show. Really, like, that was that was a thing that was real. Like, like I mean, they cool. were not they were not I don't know if it's true anymore. It definitely was true at the time. Right. it Might have been just the contracts around there. And we were one person over the <laughs> <of> threshold <laughs> because it was like this is huge. I mean, toe, big space, kind of cavernous, must have held like. It was bigger than our 99 seat. It wow. was like, uh, I'm pretty sure. Not, not, not way bigger than a 99 uh, seat, but bigger than a 99 seat. And, and it was like, there was like five people in the audience. <laughs> and so we outnumbered them. We outnumbered them two to one. And it was just like, how do you give your all? Right? How do you give your all when you're doing that? You mean with, as an
1: audience member? Well, as a performer, right? No, yeah,
0: right. You <laughs> know, which does bring us to interesting. So, like, here we are inside Hella Fresh, and you could you can. Fit, what's the most people you fit in here um, like, for a show? So I far? think
1: one show we got fifteen people in here. That must have been cozy.
0: Yeah, it was yeah. cozy.
1: It was all right though. Like um, everyone, everyone was like cool with it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I think if you get it's, it's so interesting about, like, audience energy, you know what I mean? Like, people are either into it or they're not. So I think it would have been tough if we had, like, 15 people that were like, fuck. But, like, everyone was, like, into it, so it was cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's 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 really, I think, the core of, like, why I wanted to, to talk to you today was because when I saw your show, I thought that, you know, you did a really good job of, your performers because it was it, the, the script itself was absurdist in a lot of ways, but like the performers were really grounded and they were really grounded in the space. Thanks man. Right.
1: Yeah.
0: And so I kind of, I kind of wanted to talk to you about your approach as a director about getting people in, in this intimate mode. Right. Because there's something about, there's something about this form of the, the intimate side specific or the intimate you know, drawing room stuff yeah. that there are times when I think people look at like this this broad range that I'm going at no pro of like oh we're looking at site specific and we're looking at some of this some of this intimate theater stuff and we're looking at this immersive stuff and people look and go like oh how do these things fit together yeah. and for me the the critical thing is the performance right uh-huh. you know like how does how does the performer create a, a sense of intimacy with the audience or deal with the forced intimacy of being in the space with the folks and opening yeah. themselves up whether the fourth wall is up or down yeah no. how do they create that access and so i'm thinking you as a as a director as a creator here like how do you get your actors into the into that space
1: i mean to be honest and it i wish i had like a better answer like i i really don't know because like and it's a funny thing with actors um I really don't know what's going to happen and I don't, I don't mean in a cavalier way but like I don't know what's going to happen until the first show mm. like you'll get actors who like are really great in rehearsal and really cool under pressure and then a show happens and just the pressure gets to them like pressure mm. is such a weird thing and so like I literally and I think that's an exhilarating thing for me um, is I really don't know what's going to happen Like, um, I think how I prepare them is like, um, again, this is probably the wrong thing, but like when we start rehearsing, I, I don't tell them what the play, I don't know how to say this, right. I don't tell them, okay, this play is about this or this or this, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? I tell them like, for me, the rehearsal process is really figuring out what something isn't, you know what I mean? So a lot of it is like them doing stuff and, and it's hard because I'll be like, eh, that's not what it is. I can't tell them this is what, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I can't be like, this scene, it, it, sh- it should go this way or, or whatever. Yeah. It's more, um, nope,
0: nope, you know what I mean? Until they're left with things. Um, so like, kind of like the marble block, like you're chipping away. Right, it's like it's you lay the chisel out, you knock, and you're like, oh yeah, all that stuff. That's on the ground now. That's not happening. Like, and,
1: and it's hard because, yeah. like, um, you know, like I, I, I literally, and it's, and it's true. I really build shows around the actors. So, like, um, you know, I tell them that they're really kind of based on they, they really are based on them as people, as much as I barely know them as people. You know what I mean?
0: well then so that's that's an interesting question there there like how do you approach that part of it because like you you invite people to like reach out do you audition them do you just like hang out with them like <laughs> it, what's it's, that process
1: it's weird you know i think it was i really i really kind of like found that idea in philly you know because i did shit in philly for like three or four years um and it somehow just kind of came to be you know what i mean where like there was something about, like, it's tough. Like, let's say you, like, write a play or you're doing, like, uh, let's say you're doing Richard the Third, right? <laughs> and then you, you, like, you have to audition people to, like, match shit. You right. You know what I mean? And then you start making, like, compromises. You know what I mean? Like, you start compromising things because it's not exactly who it should be or whatever. But I just thought it was more interesting finding actors that um, were interested in working with me. And just building stuff around them. You know? Like, I really go out of my way to tell actors what it's not.
0: You know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
1: Like, this is not... There's not a ton of money in it. It's not... Do you know what I mean? It's like... It's an apartment. Yeah. And I I tell them I guarantee that they probably... They probably won't work as hard on another play. Or, like, be challenged in certain ways. But, I, yeah. I'll build something around them and really... Because it breaks... It, like... I should have answered your question like 20 minutes ago. Like, it breaks my heart that, like, these fucking actors pay for classes. You know what I mean? I get why they do it. Yeah. I dig it. And, you know what I mean? I'm sure if I was an actor, I'd do it too. But it breaks my heart that, like, like I pay them to be in a shit. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. a lot of times I'll talk to actors and... Oh, so your question of, like, yeah, I really don't audition people that much anymore. Like, it's more just kind of talking to them. And it's literally... Like, uh, for the last show, I met one of the actors in a supermarket. I mean, I talked to her online, like, off backstage. But I was like, just meet me in a supermarket, and let's just walk and talk. And I think part of it is, like, people either, you know, they'll either deal with it, or they'll be like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, You know what I mean? If they're like, get the fuck out of here, then there's no way that they're going to handle being in an apartment, doing a show, you know three feet away from somebody yeah so, so a lot of it is just yeah kind of trying to figure out if like they have the emotional temperament for it or something and i never know until the first show
0: yeah but i like that i like the idea of like meeting them in a in a in a supermarket right well it, it's it's hard
1: because you you don't want to like you don't want to be like a jerk off other than the fact that I am a jerk off, but like, do you know what I mean? You, it's it's not like a spectacle thing. It's not like meet me in a supermarket, right? You know what I mean. It's not like a, sh- I don't know. But you,
0: want, but the thing is, there's something about you want to see someone in the non-artificial space, right? I mean, like a rehearsal room or an audition spot is is an artificial space. I mean, I can think about it like auditioning actors on a stage or auditioning actors in some little room off to the side of like film arts foundation. Yeah. Cause like, that's what you got in the city if you're making a short film and, and uh, cause you get like the room for like five bucks an hour or something like uh. that. And like, and there's such a formality to it. And yet if you're going to be working in, in a mode that's, that's got the, at least the verisimilitude of naturalism, you kind of want them to like, Oh, yeah. like what, what are you like in a real space? What are you, like, relating to... And it doesn't even have to be conscious. It's not... Because for me, it's it's never... It, well, for me, I haven't done this such a long time. But, like, it was never about... never seems to be about, like, a mental checklist of, like... It's not like a score. Like, if they can hit this note, they can hit that note, and they can like, definitely yeah. dance. It's, like, yeah, yeah. it's the vibe, right? Yeah, you know, it's, like, how do, how do they carry themselves in the store, you know? And I guess if you're building a piece around somebody then it's super important like no but really how do they carry themselves in public
1: well I think it's also interesting like it's weird anyway you know what I yeah. mean it's fucking weird to meet some dude in a supermarket you know what I mean like
0: be- I mean better than, than like come over to my apartment you know well <laughs> yeah, I mean yeah. that, that's
1: that's the funny thing too right <laughs> yeah. it's like I'll be like, it's like ta- don't
0: worry my wife will be here right. like, no no <laughs> that, that's,
1: that, that's the thing that a friend of mine makes fun of me about is like you know I'll talk to actors online on backstage and be like you know uh I build shows around actors and all that. And they're like, oh, that's fucking awesome. Oh my God, that's fucking great. And then I'm like, they're like, so let's meet. And I'm like, then I get worried, you know what I mean? Because I'm like, well, right. Because it's my apartment, you know what I mean? And then it's like, right. So I think that's actually, I wish I could say it was like, you know, trying to probe, uh, her name is Alexandra. She's the last part, but I call her Lee. I wish I could say like, it was to see how she would deal with, something but it was more I was worried that she'd be freaked out meeting me at my house you know what I mean so I was like it's fair yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. So
0: I always feel weird because like I'll have people before we we, you know before the guys at Think Tank started built a podcast studio invited me in you know I was always either meeting people at their houses like we are right now we're in in hella fresh we're in your apartment I've been here before though so like that's less weird or I'd be inviting people over to my apartment and that one means I have to clean but two like it's it is a little weird. Yeah, it's like come, so come right. on down, and I know there's plenty of people who like the first time will be like, "Okay, I'm going to this weirdest apartment," you right. know. And the, oh, half of them are like you know, good friends now, right? So right. Like, it's, there's less, you know. It's like it's always fine. Like I haven't killed and eaten anyone in at least ten years because the, the hunger right. hasn't overtaken <laughs> me. So everyone's everyone's been fine so far. But, I mean, I haven't done it in L.A. at all, which means it's probably time. But but um, the. It is just a strange thing, yeah. And, and there have been times when, like, I've gone to people's places. And you I've must been, get
1: like, like you've, you've never been like sketched out, like going to see a show at someone's house or anything.
0: Uh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'll get sketched out by neighborhoods. I mean, like, growing up in the Bay Area and. And growing up on, like, the wrong side of the tracks, as it were. Like, I'm fairly comfortable and just about... But I also have really good spider senses, right? Yeah, I'll you know,
1: like, right there on the edge. Yeah.
0: You know, yeah. like, there's parts... I mean, I was in San Pablo, which is, like, oh, a yeah, shithole by comparison, yeah. right?
1: San Pablo is fucked up, man.
0: Jeez, San Pablo is fucked up. I was in the good part of San Pablo. So still, fucking San Pablo. Yeah. Um And and so my spider senses are pretty good.
1: Wait, did you used to go to the IV room or no?
0: No, no. Wait
1: like on San
0: I've been.
1: Wait, I've been in the Ivy. Room?
0: I've been inside Hatsitatsi. Tatsi. I've been inside Ma- and the Mallard. Oh actually, yeah, the Mallard. Mallard's yeah. where we held our 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 wake for for Roger. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. So huh. like, so the Mallard. Hatsitatsi Tatsi been in Ivy. Ivy. You know, I think I didn't ever go to the Ivy.
1: Ivy was okay. Yeah. I like that one.
0: Yeah. I knew where it was, though. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Was. I don't think. I don't
1: think it's it like, like Solano. It. And, yeah, yeah. I,
0: I don't know if it's still. Is it still there? I don't yeah, know, it's okay. It's
1: there, but it's not the same. There. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
0: that's that's almost everything there. It hurts me to go home. Everyone who listens to the podcast kind of knows, like, I have this like melancholia about. And you know, it's the, the, truth, the truth is, I'm like, you can't go home again. You you can't go home again because it's been torn down, repaved, and rebuilt. Like, well, you everything.
1: Still, you can still go to Nations, though, right?
0: Nations is where my laptop got stolen a week before I moved to Los Angeles. <laughs> I can't go to the <laughs> Nations anymore. I lost half a screenplay that way. It's why I'm not a screenwriter.
1: Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. What do you get a Nations?
0: Which Nations right in El Cerrito.
1: No, 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 but what do you get at Nations? Oh, what did I get like? at Nations?
0: Oh, um, this is the best thing. When I was 28, I managed to lose weight this way. Uh, cheeseburger Grilled onions Fries Slice of chocolate pie <laughs> Not the small one The big one That'd be like All I would eat in a day But I would do that Three times a week huh. I lost like 30 pounds
1: Did yeah Nation... I was also
0: working out All the time so. I was yeah. also 28 <laughs> <Probably>. <laughs> All those things helped Yeah Nations
1: Yeah I'm... Nations is the shit Yeah
0: I, I would I would spend Hours upon hours Like writing in there And that was the thing Like these These three dudes these three dudes, they were talking some sketchy shit, but like I was I was in my living room. Yeah. But like they rolled up. They one of them rolled up. They, they left and then one of the guys came back snatched a laptop right off the table while I was uh, working on it and then dived out the back door. And like I fall I chased him out, but like I slipped in water and fell. Like I nearly t- Oh, so you I weren't would, even
1: like getting like Doctor Pepper, your shade at the table. No, he Holy like, shit.
0: R- like grabbed it right right where I was. Right? Snatching grab. Yeah. Oh, like a week before I left for Los Angeles and I hadn't backed up I hadn't backed up the computer I lost ha- I lost half the screenplay
1: what was the screenplay about or it was a science f- it that. was a science fiction screenplay
0: huh it was never I, I finished it later I' was never happy with it I've never I've never I'm the kind of person who, like buries stuff in, in a drawer all the time yeah so because I'm embarrassed by it so it might be better than I think it is like I don't know what happens at the end what happens at the end um God, it's, it's been it's been like six years. And I'm not, yeah, I'm definitely not, I'm definitely not happy with that one. I'll tell you offline. Suddenly <laughs> it's the No One Else and Failed Screenplay podcast. Like, everyone's like, this one's, this is, for the people who are like, curious about me, this one's gonna be great. For everybody else, to will be like, God, this guy messed up. I apologize if this, if, if this is your first episode after our last episode, which I think a lot of people might wind up like tuning into because of stuff, uh, you're gonna be, you're gonna be weirded out. Like, is it always like this? It's like sometimes, but not always. I'll tell you about it. It was fun. It's, you know, it's, it's, What's fun about that piece is like half half of the science fiction part of it isn't even fiction anymore. Like we've caught up with like some of it. Really, some of it. Yeah, some huh. of the basic ideas. But that's the problem It's like you gotta you gotta jump on that stuff sooner. And I was screwing around with that idea for like five years even before that. Really. So yeah, like this that's the problem with sci-fi. It's at least in my mind that's always been the problem with sci-fi for me is like if you can see if you can see just a little bit around the corner you gotta you gotta strike while the iron's hot. You gotta have this mad. Like the why I don't make stuff more often is like the the kind of mad, crazy confidence and don't give a fuckin'ness that I had when I was maybe like nineteen and twenty, like is like long since been like kind of beaten down by like too many years of being edited as a journalist and just like struggling with the 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 vagaries of always having people like question every other word that you write so jesus christ that's yeah. <laughs> yeah it just it's it's yeah, yeah. it's just too it's just too intense So when i write i write for myself and then like throw it in a drawer because at least it's, no one can fuck with it
1: that's romantic that's super romantic yeah i once i read i i've only read like i think i mean it's not true but i remember i once read this science fiction book uh who is it? William Gibson? I don't know. It I'm, could be, yeah. I totally sound like a dad right now. But, like, it took place in the Bay Area, and, like... Was it All Tomorrow's Parties? I don't remember the title, but I do remember, like, the hook of it was... Everyone who was either a minority or had AIDS lived on the, on the on
0: the on the Bay Bridge yeah all tomorrow's parties
1: that's the thing that was the one how yeah. the fuck is the one book that I read huh that's no, because I've
0: read like half of William Gibson it was William that's Gibson it was there was a trilogy um, I can't remember there's a term for that trilogy there was another one in that series called uh, that, that linked world called Idoru which was about a uh, like a android you know Japanese idol singer and yeah like all of the the quote unquote undesirables like yeah. lived, on, lived on the Bay Bridge Um, I dug that. Yeah. I read it for a class. Yeah. It was like a super class conscious... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, book, and it was that was set farther in the future. And what's interesting, what's interesting about William Gibson, he, he just sprung the other way. Is like he was always working farther out in the future, but he was working out the farther in the future, and then like he would get closer and closer to the present day. And so like all tomorrow's parties in Odoru were only set like maybe like ten years down the line from where it was, yeah. it was like or fifteen years. And then he did this other series that was set maybe like felt like you know oh it's set two years from now type deal, and that was uh, Virtual Light. And the whole the whole big end uh, cycle, there was this stuff that that was the technology wasn't that far out. But his last one, uh, the peripheral, was set um, which came out last year, is set farther down the line. It's got like elements of time travel and like um, not virtual reality, but like uh, kind of in that idea like simulated reality. Uh, so it's it's a it's a nice nice solid like blow your mind one and like huh. he does this thing where like the first twenty 25 25-30 pages just like throws you in there and that's that's one of the things I like about sci fi often I'm reading like I'm, re- I'm reading one that was the the, run the Hugo Award in 1969 Stand on Zanzibar I'm reading that one right now it's done in 1969 it's set in 2010 is is written in 1969 it feels like it could have been written four weeks ago that's freaky. But with like a bit of some mod touches. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? But like so much of it is about information glut and just geopolitical screwedness. The lead character one of the lead characters was like multiple is um is like a black Muslim uh, executive of a uh, of like a company that has like this like supercomputer and just so like like all these all these things that we find like in our actual world right now are just like, you know, it's like, oh yeah, like this would be it'd be considered radical right now to write this character. And this was nineteen sixty eight or sixty yeah. seven. Hugo wrote like every other year or something like that, so it could have been one of those years um, when this was written. And uh, also feels a little Joycean, you know? It's it's word choices. I think he like gets the word choices like crazy. So like, and it takes a while to like you know, sort out. Like he'll be just throwing terms out. you will be like, what the hell are you talking about? Like the seven Papa Mama, one anti matter. <laughs> Oh, 1 a.m., antimatter, a.m., papa mama, p.m., right? Oh, that's you, nice. know, you get the repetition of it enough, you start to, like, orient yourself. Mm. But it's it's almost got this, like, Burroughs-Guyson cut-up vibe in terms of, like, the rhythms of it. So yeah, it's it's super literary, you know, nutty. Huh. Um, yeah, I think you might actually dig it. Yeah. Um, and but I can only take about ten fifteen pages at a time because it starts to, like at a certain point it cracks and I got to move forward again. Um, but um, <laughs> theater, uh, <laughs> this is good though. Like I knew it was going to be like this. I knew it was going to be like this. Give us some um, more water. No, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm like a camel. I get too much in me and then I, I gotta just carry it around for just a little. I'm gonna get like, some iced tea though. Yeah. Go for it. Go. 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 Um, let me let me formulate a, a cogent question uh, for for the the class here. Um, so how long how long do you wind up actually you know what's the process here? So like I know you've got one coming up in October. Um, how long do you work on this stuff from meeting the actors to uh, To you know, first night. Like, what's the usual run there?
1: I think the last one, which was Cowboy Cologne. I remember I started it on. I I was working a temp job for the fucking Girl Scouts. Like, (laughs) they uh, it was like a cookie drive, so they have like this trailer, um, with all the cookies on it, basically. Oh wow! And so it's like me and two other uh, people sitting in a trailer handing out cookies to, like, moms and kids. But it was just fucking terrible. But it was great because, like, these people come up, they're like, what happened in your life? Or you're, like, (laughs) working on a trailer (laughs) handing out cookies is great. But um, I started it... I remember I started it on uh, February 14th because I just remember that. And then um, it took me, like, two months to write it. And then... I found the actors, like, in March. So, like, I st- I had... I always have, like, an idea.
0: Right. Um,
1: so so start,
0: I, start bubbling the idea, then meet the actors, and start shaping it to the actors.
1: I mean, each one is different. But yeah. that one, it was, like, I had a title. Because I knew... Uh, I really... Since I, I moved back to L.A., like, a couple years ago, and I really got into um, Rosemary. Just, like, rubbing Rosemary on me. Mm-hmm. Just, like, walking down the street, you find Rosemary, and you, like, rub it on you. Yeah. And, like... Mm-hmm. Um, we were, we were hanging out with this dude. I forgot his name was, but he's, like, something from Cerritos. He's, <laughs> like, I, I can't remember his fucking name, but, like, a friend of ours was in town from New York, and she does Instagram. I've seen it, I, but she knows, so she knows this dude from online, and we were hanging out. Okay. And he was, like, oh, yeah, that's cowboy cologne. Like, when you rub the rosemary on you, because, mm. like, I guess cowboys used to do that, and I was, like, fuck, that's great. So, I, I had that, but, yeah. yeah. So... Yeah, I like. St- I had a germ of an idea. I met the actors, and then I met Lee really at the supermarket, and she told me that she uh, did princess parties.
0: Oh. that's which, that. Co- that which is critical in, the, in yeah. the piece. Yeah,
1: and like it's it's um, each one of them, each play. It really some of it relies heavily on the actor. Some of it really doesn't. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that's
0: what, and and then the thing about the cowboy cologne in cowboy cologne is like. The the scent itself, like you get when the actors got rubbed up or it was it was in the environment. So like yeah. that smell was, was yeah. and that's and that's an interesting part of this kind of game is you get to like play with that sense too. Right. Yeah. Is that something you often mess around with when, when you I
1: not? no, I mean I hadn't even really I th- I think that's just something that just kinda like happened and shit, you know what I mean? Like but yeah, it, it's funny how that one worked out. Yeah. I, li- I liked it with, with, the, with the Cowboy Cologne, yeah. yeah. But like, with this one that's coming up, um, like, I started auditioning for actors while the Cowboy Cologne was going on. Because mm. I was like, it was hard, because I'd be like, I'd like talk to actors on backstage and be like, yeah, I'm doing something in a few months. You know what I mean? They're like, get the fuck out of here. But I was like, come and see it. Come see that I'm not a serial killer. Right come to the house where there's a play going on and you could see it and you're either into it or you're not right and so um, one of the actors came and uh, saw it and she's like yeah dude I'm fucking down so yeah that one just kind of started um, I've been going because I because I work uh, like right there in, on the Miracle Mile I go to um, Lacma every day
0: because
1: mm. you know on like the light poles they have all the stickers where you could just take a the, like the sticker off
0: I didn't even take the sticker off, but okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: but like on the light poles when people leave, not like not the fucking light poles that everyone takes the photos with. Oh, okay. No, no, not that. But oh. like, just like on a street light Oh. People, when they leave the museum, they put stickers on there.
0: Oh, god, yeah. So yeah, I didn't know people did that.
1: Yeah, it's oh. it's a nice like it's a nice thing, and that's nice I mean, a nice hack. I don't I don't feel bad about like not paying LACMA because they don't they don't need my fucking money. <laughs> they don't. I guarantee they don't need my fucking money. But so, um, not to ramble, but like uh, I've been going like, except for Wednesdays when it's closed, I've just been going every day on my lunch break because it's not work. And it's really yeah. nice to like go to a museum every day. And I've always liked art, but I never, you know what I mean? Yeah. I never like fucked with it or really known much about it. And so I've just been going to the museum a lot. And the idea just kind of came out of there where like a friend of mine used to work as a security guard. At a, at a museum in New York and I was in, I was at Lacma a few months ago and like I saw there, there's like some fucking paintings that they like take them down for like uh, cleaning or whatever right And I saw like this old dude with a beanie basically had a Rembrandt on a cart and just like rolled it up and nonchalantly like threw it up on the wall you know what i mean and it something something about it just really interested me like you know i've always had this always had this like paranoia th- feeling that like all the art in museums isn't real mm. you know what i mean like they keep the real ones in the back right cuz like why the fuck would you put real paintings around people yeah you know what i mean so cuz
0: they're, they're liable to do something stupid
1: right yeah. like why the fuck would you right yeah. so so it, you know, there's, like, pieces of different things. And, like, um, the title uh, title of the play is partial. Uh, uh, I fucked it up already. <laughs> partial, Fractional, and Promised. Which is, like, a term in museums for, like, gifts. Mm. You know, it's like... Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I kind of got it from there. And one of the actresses... She's from uh, Argentina. But her last name is Hanson. She's, like, from... Yeah, she's from Argentina. But her last name is Hanson. I just thought to myself, I was like, Hansen is not like a yeah. you know what I mean, so I just I got the idea of something um, having to do with Nazis because mm. I love Nazis. I really do. <laughs> like
0: in what sense you <laughs> love Nazis? That's a because that's a that's a statement,
1: right? I yeah <laughs> yeah no. I mean, I won't even front. No, like they're no, like yeah they're. They're just very interesting. Um, I'll put it to you like this. Um, I What was it? Maybe I was reading. I, I read The la, the Rise and the Fall of the Third Reich by uh, William, not William Shatner. William, uh, William <laughs> now, Sir- that, now that, yeah, that William is- Shatner's version of Rise and Fall of the Third Reich <laughs> is the one I want to read about.
0: So like let's let's make that happen.
1: Right? No. Yeah. But like uh, no. I okay. Mean, so you read the
0: rise and fall. Right. No.
1: So I read rise and fall of the Third Reich because you know like I I studied history in college and like when I was a kid I was super yeah. into war and all that yeah. shit. I mean I love America or whatever. But like I was reading the rise and fall of the Third Reich and like near the end I felt bad for Hitler, which surprised the fuck out of me. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, you know, he fucked up in Russia. You know what I mean? He like overextended himself, and then like he's like in the bunker, right? Right. And I'm like, fuck, you almost had it, bro. Do you know, what I mean? yeah. like, and it was a, it was a strange feeling, like, um, you know, because he th-
0: used history's greatest monster. Yeah, he's, he's right, a yeah. fucking
1: he's a fucking he's an asshole. Yeah. but, that, but it, it was a strange thing. You know what I mean? Where I was like, damn, you almost had it, bro. Yeah. So um,
0: because there's there's something about. I, I probably find it easier to feel bad for napoleon uh but I'm sure he committed tons of atrocities that we just don't get trained on yeah but there's 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 something about the the human ambition and drive right like if you were ever gonna I mean ugh, god yeah it's like I can't, I, I can't, I can't bring myself to, like, you can't, you can't find empathy. No, I can't really. It's like, I'll enjoy a million versions of, like, Downfall, like, whatever. Like, I can enjoy that to the, you know, like, you know the meme, like, where they, like, show, like, the, the scene in down. You've watched it. I'm sure you've seen Downfall. What
1: the fuck is that?
0: Downfall is about Hitler in the bunker. It's it's a German movie from a few years oh, ago. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Right? Right, no, scene, I haven't seen that. Oh my god! And there's the best oh, part. No, is I think this, I'd be too upset. No, there's I this, oh <laughs> 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 the one that didn't air. Um, the the um, maybe maybe the most beautifully inappropriate joke that's ever been made on the show. Um, there's a scene in Downfall uh, where and I think part of the movie is like told like from the point of view of like his um, his secretary right so like mm-hmm. that's that's one of the characters then there's this guy and then there's you know, there's there's the fear and there's a scene where um, he like it's towards the end they're in the bunker he sends everybody out except for his core and then he just lets loose on his core about the fact that like everything's broken and the Russians are coming right yeah. And so that someone took that scene and that is one of the key memes. And so because it's in German, people do re on right, So every, for, about, for about six months to a year there, every time something came out, particularly if it was something fans were upset about, uh-huh. it was like Hitler reacts to blank. Yes. And so it'll be like Hitler reacts to the Star Wars trailer, Hitler reacts <laughs> to like you know this happening or that happening. And the art of it... Would always be because there's certain points where he really gets into it, right? Uh-huh. And but he'll also say he'll repeat things. So part of the art was like, can you match up the cadence to make the punchlines really work, and can you match certain words that he repeats to be things in it? It's just it's it's one of the most glorious remix things you'll ever see if you catch a good downfall. Me, the- I'll show you one afterwards. I'll see if yeah. you find like one of the better ones. Uh, but the movie itself is. Yeah, the I've, movie itself is I remember is I remember seeing a yeah. thing
1: for it like yeah.
0: uh, It's a brilliant film.
1: But yeah, I mean I'm not I'm not like in fucking Nazis or anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like um but I
0: just um but as I mean like they're so comm- it's like Spielberg with like you know well yeah, I mean like if I want I've got cartoon villains, I've got Nazis, you know, like you you come back to which is why he's like always doing the Indiana Jones movies, right? Like they're 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 so all the pomp all the circum all all, all pomp and circumstance all the rife install stuff all of the the, the the this giant blow up you know they they, they bluffed their way into power oh, yeah. and then yeah. then turned it into this like machine yeah. you know taking down taking people who had like been broken uh, by one war and used that to fuel a masterful ambition and it and to think like how far they got given how broken Germany was after no, yeah. World War One. Like, like watching all of that it is just like and to think that, like whoa like they nearly did it like yeah. there there's there's a line where it's like you almost can do anything <laughs> if you're just crazy and stubborn enough yeah you know no, yeah I mean and, he, was, he was just a
1: gangster he, yeah he really was but yeah. I mean I just um I read um, there's this book called uh, Total Destruction of the European Jews Mm. which is like um, it's by this dude named Raul Hilberg I think that's his first name Um, and he was like he was like an American military intelligence officer in World War II he was like a Jewish dude Um, but he it's one of the most weird fucking books I've ever read where he just basically looks at the um, the bureaucracy of uh, The Killing Machine Oh god Yeah And it's It's In Yeah It's It's a really weird book to read But I'm reading it And I'm reading this part On the Einsatzgruppens Which were basically These mobile killing units <sighs> um, And the thing that really caught me Is that One Like you know you, you think of like the ss and you think of like the mobile killing units and all this and you think of like these like you know fucked up insane nordic dudes right right and i was talking about how this one unit was made up of like an opera singer a lawyer and whatever but there was something fascinating to me about the idea of like an opera singer turned into like like a killer you know mm-hmm. what i mean so, yeah, that that, that thing kind of stuck with me. And so, <laughs> this, this is sounding terrible. <laughs> but, like, the I think with the, because I'm still working on the play. Right. You know what I mean? I'm going to start working with the actors in, like, two weeks. But, like, I'm interested in, I think what the play is, it's about granddaughters of people that were in the hindsight's group. Oh, wow. And You know what I mean? I'm interested in finding a way for them to be proud of it. Do you know what I mean? Whoa. Right. But it's not that. Right. So, yeah. that's kind of like what I was talking about. Like, I, I don't know what something is. I know what it's not. Right. But in, this whole idea really came out of the fact that one of the actors, her last name is Hanson. And she's from Argentina, like, right? She's straight up Argentinian. But I was like, and I asked her, I was like, uh, I, well, I was like, hey, I think an idea that I'm interested in going in is like you being that in your blood. And she was like, what's weird is my grandfather was a Nazi. <laughs> Whoa, yeah, right. I mean there's always that thing and I don't mean to say it like this you never know if actors are full of shit in right. a good way do right. you know what I mean? Right. like I once did a play um, where it basically turned out all three actors were in Germany at the same time like in real life right like two black dudes and a white lady so it, it's just uh, I don't want to say this right there, interesting things always come out of actors and meeting actors and great ideas always come out of them so, that's kind of like... Uh, so, the idea of the play is, like, I think one of them wants to honor their grandparent that, like, was in the Einsatz group, but also was a painter. And so, the idea is that she wants to hang his art
0: uh, okay. in a museum.
1: Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, I'm always interested in terrible fucking ideas. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like... <laughs> i noticed <laughs> <right>. <laughs> like half thought out terrible ideas right so yeah
0: but there's there is something to this I don't know I think about I think about it a lot no no no, no. I mean I I lead with empathy Right, like that's what I try and do. I try and understand stuff from other people's point of view. Like this, this election season been particularly hard to like follow the news because there's a lot of anguish and pain and hatred on display, yeah. uh, coming from a particular vector, and trying to understand its roots. Which at one level, some of it is just ignorance and racism but some of it's economic pain some of it's uh, a sheer frustration with with just the status quo And, and what's interesting about American electoral politics is that these different strains of different individuals get fused into these proxy figures. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, you know, and, like, there's a little bit of shattering in that, like, you'll get some third-party proxies going in there, but, like, everyone funnels their identity through these avatars. Yeah. Which isn't how it should work at all. We should all be very rational about what we're doing because we're not... We're not picking a character to play a video game for us, we're picking someone to manage the world's largest military and economy, right? Like, this is a very, you know, weird way to do things, if you look at it from from certain points of view. But in that, you you start to see these folks who, when you're born into something, how do you see your way out of it? right like i keep on thinking i haven't watched it i want to see w kamal bell uh, did a show for cnn on Race in america and i'm not i'm not rolling with cable these days so it wasn't easy for me to just like throw it on a dvr yeah. but like one of the first the first episode that they kind of predicated the whole thing on is when he talked to the kkk right and w kamal bell he's a he's african american comedian based out of the bay area he did
1: the show in the bay area yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah
0: yeah yeah um and the first fresh out right he's going down south to like talk to some Klansmen and trying to find I heard him like on Tavis Smiley talking about it and like he's approaching the same way like, he's like trying to figure out like who are these guys like how yeah. can you like see them as people and like the the so much of it is like a, a generational thing right like how do you relate like I think of the people who people I know who like they they, they see the confederate flag as like you know oh well, that's like my family's pride and like walk across the street talk to other friends and it's like that's the symbol of something that wants to kill me yeah right and one I feel is a lot more pressing than the other it's like you gotta set aside your family pride because you're freaking out the other folks over here and yet still trying to understand where I where identity comes from in relation to family and that right this idea of like that you've got of like here's this woman who like wants to honor her grandfather Right, like these people have gone through that way. Like, how do you, how do you deal with? Well, there's the individual. There's the role people play in society. There's this history. There's this legacy that's led up to them. You know, like how do you, how do you reconcile all this stuff? Right. In fact, in some ways, that's probably where bad ideas come from. Is people trying to reconcile?
1: I've always, you know, there's like the saying, you know, nothing's. Worse than a well-intentioned white person. You know, <laughs> know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's very destructive in a way. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to end up being this. You right. Know what I mean? or, right.
0: It could. It could go a totally different way.
1: Yeah. it could just. But I don't. Yeah. I don't. Because you know what I mean. It's hard to like. Yeah, you can't fuck with you. You can't. I mean, you can, but I'm not interested in like baiting. You know what I mean? Right. Being like, and I mean. But, you know what I mean? Being like, this is a Nazi play. Right? right. Do you know what I mean? Like, fucking with people that way. Or, like, trying to, like, gun for shit that way. But, like... Yeah. I think, yeah. I
0: think... Yeah. When you're not scared of third rails... Like, I, 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 I picked that up about you already.
1: Oh, well, I, I, certain yeah. things I am. Like... I'm okay, not,
0: what do you okay, all right, what what are what are the third rails? What are what are what what's what feels like Fucking
1: like I'm not trying to see a player where there's fucking. You know what I mean? That right. that's just me though, you know what right. I mean? Um Um No, yeah, I mean I definitely I get you know like I think the older I got the more I realized like um, like you know it's like anything could be good, anything could be bad. Mm. You know what I mean I think like one thing I get scared or not scared of but like just because I put something on in a house doesn't me doesn't make it good doesn't make it good right you know what i mean like th- there's a terror of like being fucking precious, you know what mm. I mean where it's so yeah um i think I think there's just like the right way of doing shit and the for me there's like a right way and a wrong way, so yeah. So I guess the third rail is just doing things badly. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's well, the third it, rail.
0: Would it would that be like the idea of like something being j- just good cuz it's in a in a, an apartment or something being precious would it, it feels ob- is it like a matter of taking the circumstances for granted? Is that is that what I don't
1: don't know exactly what I mean But like Um Like I I uh I really love doing stuff But I don't I don't want to say it right Like uh, I take a lot of pride in it And I take a lot of pride in trying to do it the right way Right Do you know what I mean? So it's like It's hard because you gotta have a You gotta have a hook for your shit You know what I mean? Like you gotta have a fucking hook Whatever it is Yeah and it's danger I think that's more what I mean, like the danger of you setting aside a very good story or something interesting for a hook,
0: yes, you know what I mean, yeah, no, completely, completely like like and, and I can see that here, it's like, okay, so you're interested in this idea right, and you chase it but maybe like the real story is oh no no it's it starts with this like oh this, yeah. is, this is the real story is up here yeah screw the legacy stuff screw the yeah. Nazis Absolutely. you know like and you know like yeah. this this is we, we I found something that's better yeah you know yeah so
1: yeah it's hard yeah. to like
0: and there's a tension between like because yeah. the, the, the original idea obviously is like motivating something there's some attraction there that's that's giving you energy but like you hold on to it too much it's like you're trying to like that's like trying to force it into a shape that doesn't want to be
1: yeah I know and it's cool because it always it always proves itself you know what I mean it'll always prove itself to yeah and I mean I think that's the great thing too it's like I have no problem like like writing something and then working with actors I don't I don't give a shit about the script in a good way you know what I mean like something doesn't work drop it cut it I don't give a fuck like the so you're <laughs> you're asking a while ago my approach with actors and trying to get them like in a space trying to because it is like three feet away or something like yeah. that, and my I, I think a lot of times my uh my primary goal in rehearsal is to make them not uncomfortable, like talking, do you know what I mean? Yeah, you can always spot when actors feel uncomfortable saying shit, yes. You you know what I mean? Absolutely. You can't hide it. Like you can never hide the truth of the actor, and you know they can't fucking stand saying a lie. Or or whatever you know what I mean. Yeah, there was a couple. And it's or,
0: really true in a small space. Yeah, and it's really and like in a in an immersive in a one on one, it is it is super true. You know when they're connected, and you know when they're not. Yeah, you know like I'm going through the motions versus I believe this. And,
1: and and it's cool you know there'll be there'll be shows where you know and that's the other thing I always tell actors is because I only do eight performances. Um, I do eight performances. There's no. Uh, previews or whatever i throw them right to the fucking wolves you know what i mean um i always tell them there'll be two perfect shows two shows that are fucking underwater and you know what i mean there'll be a couple middling do you know what i mean so you never and so it's okay if like they're not connected just because it was a fucked up night yeah you can't control that and and who cares but like it's another thing if like they can't stand saying something Mm. And then, right, and so in an environment like this, you got to just, like, get rid of everything that doesn't make them comfortable. Um, yeah, I mean, there, in the last show, there was, like, I think a couple lines um, that they fucking hated. <laughs> you know, so you try to find the right ways for them to say it or whatever, but yeah.
0: No, that's... That makes that makes a lot of sense. That's actually... you You... you and one level, feels like you're like eh, cut away things I don't really know, but like there's there's insight there in that it's the the power. I don't know. My my least favorite acting and directing teacher maybe taught me my best lesson uh, when he was directing me, which was uh, I had an entrance and then I was some. You know, there was a moment it was another Shakespeare play it's always a Shakespeare play and, and,
1: and, and I didn't what Shakespeare I, I, play was
0: it? Uh, some people will know I'm not going to actually say because uh, I just admitted something uh, you know one or two of the college friends may listen so you know um, but he he saw that he was a great observer and he was like you you're just standing there but you want to do something so, so, go do it. Yeah. Right? Like, so he gave me permission. And I think uh, as a college actor, like, it can be really hard. Like, once you've got, particularly if somebody's really blocked and really designed out that way, you find yourself not feeling you don't have permission. Um, yeah. And I, I walked away from that thinking, you know, I will give him this uh, in, a, in a real way. And that by watching people the way he did, that's what elevated his directing and that's what made him a good director and that's what yeah. the respect I, I, I had still have for him, even though like I said like least favorite um, that sort of observation, you know being a good director is open to their actors and tr- tries to find what they what's what they're doing to hold themselves back or what's what's blocking them. From the moment, and when you're creating something whole cloth, you have also that advantage of like, well, let's just mess with the script. Yeah. You know, like if this if this isn't working this way, what can I do to like click? Because if an actor's if the actor wants it, they will hit those moments. If the actor doesn't want it, if they don't really want to be there and do it. They'll just they'll just <laughs> yeah, yeah. they, they yeah. want the, the engine won't even like buck up against the transmission. It'll yeah. just go along and whatever. And then you're like, well, there's nothing I can do. Right, but if yeah. they want it, you're going to see them, you know, looking to break into the next gear.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think like I think something I always start telling them at some point, you know, it's like I think my the the way it goes or whatever. It's like everyone's super nice at the beginning, you know, the actors, everyone likes each other, you know what I mean? Everyone's like, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to step on your line, all that fucking bullshit, you know, and like um, pressure. You know, the pressure builds. Mm-hmm. Mostly with something like this, pressure really builds, you know what I mean? And like, um, th- you know, the truth is, like, I can't control what they do in a good way. Right. I always tell them, it's like, you guys can basically get up there and do whatever the fuck you want. I have no... I can't stop you. <laughs> like, right. once the play starts. Yeah. I'm not going to stand up and be like, how dare you? Or, or Yeah. You can do whatever the fuck you want. And so it's that weird... It's that weird tension between like, yeah, it
0: helps. I think has not... anyone ever done that? Has anyone come fully off the rails?
1: You know, in a good way. Yeah, I mean i i did a I did a show, uh, craziest show I've ever done. Crazy, crazy, it was fucking wild. It was called Queen of All Weapons. Um, it was in Philly. Um, I'll tell you a little boring-ass story. But, like, basically, so me and my wife, we moved to Philly because she's from Philly. And her dad owns all these warehouses in Philly. And he had this, like, old abandoned warehouse. And he was like, hey, do you want to build a theater in there? And I was like, okay. You know what I mean? So we basically built a theater in this warehouse in Kensington. I don't know if you know Kensington. It's like, uh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's fucking... Yeah, it's great. It's wild as shit. But basically... So we, we had like this little theater in, in, in Kensington, this fucked up area, um, uh, putting on these weird fucking plays, you know what I mean? And like, but so I, I did one show called Queen of all weapons and, uh, it was about, uh, Bader Meinhof, you know, Bader Meinhof. Mm-hmm. Right. So it was like this woman, it was a good hook. I really liked it. It was like a woman is like after the fall of Bader Meinhof and she's, she wants, she wants direct action. She wants to fucking fight. And basically everyone around her is like collapsed. So she goes to America to like reignite the revolution, uh, meeting up with this like dude that she met. this like young black guy that she had met who was in the army in Germany. Mm. You know what I mean? And they had like corresponded and he was like now with the black Panthers and all this shit. So she went to reignite the revolution, but it turned out the guy was full of shit. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. But when she got there, so basically this is shit sorry um she goes to this house to reignite the revolution there's just a dude there um and the actor himself is really talented dude but he was absolutely fucking insane craziest craziest dude i ever fucking worked with great best actor i've ever worked with but yeah he did shit i had no control over like no control over and yeah he was crazy yeah
0: was he dangerous? Like, or just like, I mean, he he's a fucking actor, so he's yeah, yeah, not that yeah. dangerous. You okay, know what I mean? Yeah. But
1: yeah, no, but no, to, to answer your question, no, I've never had like, anyone like, super go off the rails or anything like that, no. Yeah. But that show was pretty wild. Like, yeah, it was pretty crazy. But yeah, it was good. I remember they, they got like, a really good review and like, they got into basically a fight. <coughs> It was, like, the one time I ever did a pickup rehearsal. Like, after the show opened, they, like, got into a fucking fight. I was like, you guys are fucking morons. But, um... <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, my goodness. Okay.
1: But, yeah. So, I don't... I just don't know the actors. They're great. I love them. They're so fucking interesting. And, yeah. It, I love... I've always loved... Um, working with them and pushing them and they fucking hate it at some point because you know the play starts as one thing right. and then a few weeks in the the focus of it just kind of shifts or like what they thought it was it's changed or whatever and it's awesome to watch them have to deal with that and then once the play opens and you just get to watch and see whatever the fuck they come up with you know and they always like yeah they, they usually come through Nice. Until they die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, that's as good enough a place as any to, to put the button on. Hell yeah, so, man. They come through until they don't. So, yeah, no, yeah. All right. John, thanks for, uh, thanks for letting me come over here. Yeah, uh, man. Thanks uh, to you. Thank to you, to you, To your dude. kitchen again. I'm glad so, I said a lot
1: of weird fucking shit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this one's for the record books, so... <laughs> All right. Sealing it up. All right. Once again, want to thank our guest on the show today. That's John Rosenberg of Hella Fresh Theater. You can find out more about the new play, Partial, Fractional, and Promised, like when it's going to pop up in October, at hellafreshtheater.com. You can find us at no proscenium.com. You can also find us at noPersinium.com. That's where you can find the links to everything. Uh, you can email us at no underscore proscenium at outlook.com. Uh, you can Twitter me at Noah J. Nelson. Uh, and you can sign up for our exclusive, exclusive dorm room conversation series. Uh, no, not yet. Although, maybe I'll put that as a Patreon level. That's entirely possible. Oh, look, segue. Patreon.com slash no proscenium. Yeah, maybe I will. Maybe I'll put that up. Like the the $100 a month level, you get a dorm room conversation with me. I could... <laughs> Although, I suppose we'd have to find a dorm to do... Th- anyway, that's neither here nor there. Uh, what is both here and there is our Medium collection. Medium.com slash no dash proscenium. Um, again... I do want to thank uh, Corinne Brenner for jumping in and being one of our Patreon backers. Um, Lucas of Drafty, was he's been out of the country, so I'm not entirely certain. It's like, you know, we actually haven't had the conversation. Um, he's still our friend. It hasn't changed. It's just, you know, we we haven't had the conversation uh, whether we're going to keep the experiment up or not. But this just really underscores and and the plight of independent media. And this is independent media. Let me tell you. Let me tell you right now. This is independent media right here. Uh, The plight of independent media in America uh, is rough. You either need a billionaire to love you. Or at the very least, you need a billionaire to not hate you. So um, we don't have a billionaire lying around right now. If any of you know a billionaire who's into this sort of stuff, you know, and wants a a plucky sidekick to to go with them to immersive theater, hey, uh, I'm that plucky sidekick. Uh, But barring that, the Patreon really is the way to help us keep doing this. uh, both these kind of after dark dorm room conversation type episodes and uh, doing the kind of episode that I think we're going to get to release next week we're sitting on something right now we're under embargo uh, we've never been under embargo before it's exciting um, it's also confusing but it's exciting uh, and if it's not next week well, maybe the week after or maybe one day I'll just say like oh hey remember we never did that thing yeah um, that's sort of the, the way it goes Um we move forward. The neighbor's dog barks. Maybe you hear it. Maybe you don't. And um, that's that's the show this week. Uh, I will. Um, there's so much in the planning stages right now. There's so many episodes that I'm starting to stockpile that I'm sort of losing track of like what is actually going on in the immersive theater world. But don't worry. That's what the newsletter is for. Check your inboxes this Saturday for. Not one, but two. If you get multiple issues, it will be a little confusing, but you're used to that by now. Uh, Both the New York and the L.A. issues, if you only get one of them, you're only going to get one of them. So maybe I just confused everybody. I'm sorry. You'll get what you normally get. You'll just get it on Saturday. There. I really need to drink coffee or alcohol before I do the show. It's really that simple. Um, That's it, gang. Um, Until next time, I'll see you at the show.